All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. This is Chasing Function, and this is Kai. And I'm Noah. We're going to... Uh, nice work, Kai. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to talk about caffeine. 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 So I was posed with a question from some of my clients um, regarding, does caffeine give you energy? And I said, that's a complex question. And they said, do tell. And then, of course, I talked for like an hour. And then I got done talking and I was like, man, maybe other people should hear this also because caffeine is such a prevalent thing in our lives, right? Um, I think caffeine can be a really useful tool. It can also can be aggressively abused. And it can be really problematic um, for people's recovery and their ability to sleep well. And so I think what I want to do is first kind of go around this idea of like, what does caffeine do, right? So does caffeine give you energy? And so caffeine is a correlate to energy it doesn't give you energy. So here's what, here's what I mean by this. And this is the way I've always described caffeine to people. Caffeine is a neuro inhibitor. So what it does, it signals to your brain that you aren't tired and it's a call to action for epinephrine, right? And what epinephrine is going to do, it, those of you that like, have seen like people have like heart attacks or their heart stop, right? And they give them the epinephrine shot in all the movies and they're like, and all of a sudden they're like alive, right? Epinephrine is is the hormone around go, right? But this is where it becomes con- convoluted, right? Because caffeine doesn't drive movement directly. It's a call to action in the body to like do something, right? So people that don't sleep well, right? They're going to love caffeine because what it's going to do is it's going to bypass shitty sleep. And it's going to be a call to action. Now, that call to action could be um, my desk job. It could also be the gym, right? So the, the, the issue with caffeine is it doesn't give you any sort of direct energy to work off of. Whereas like, if I were to have sugar, let's say we have some honey. Honey is going to give you glucose, which is going to convert and then be utilized for energy, right? So like if I was going to go play a sport, honey is literally going to give me glucose to function off of, whereas caffeine is just telling my brain that it's not tired. So in theory, I can be up with caffeine, but not be tired, right? But that doesn't mean I have ener- I don't have glucose to work off of, right? So in the third quarter of a football game and I run out of glucose – I'm just running on pure adrenaline at that point, right? Which doesn't mean I'm going to get the best performance. So that's been, that's been my, my conversation with my client base around caffeine. How, how do you talk to your clients when they ask you questions around that? Man, so mine is it's a little different um, <laughs> because like I try to work with the client on um making the best decision for them right because like some people 
have interesting lives and, and lives that they need to be go, go, go. And so caffeine is something that helps them achieve that, right? No matter if it, it, um, it can be detrimental, but, um, yeah, I think I, I do explain to them what, what the, the function of caffeine is, right? Because <clears throat> most people think, oh yeah, I drink coffee or I drink an energy drink and all of a sudden now I have um, energy to go do things, but really it is just about making you not feel as tired. And then as a, as a result of that, now your body is like, yeah, it's producing an effort and effort. And so now it's like, okay, well, we need to go, we need to go because we're awake. Um, and, um, and one of the things is that I talk to my clients about is like, okay, well, you know, we're supposed to be able to just get up and go and do the things that we need to do. <clears throat> so it's your choice whether or not you want to continue using coffee or not. What do you think? And then, you know, they decide, yeah, you know, like now that you put it that way, I don't really want to, you know, use coffee because I can't sleep at night. Then it's like, okay. And then we can kind of get you weaned off of it, do half calf, and then, you know, decaf, and then just no coffee at all. Um, I've done that for myself, but, you know, like, like all of your clients, I'm probably, um, I just like the taste of it, right? And, um, and you know, like, I, I don't, the, the one thing that I did change, because I, I've heard all these um uh, things about if you drink it right when you wake up and it messes up your, your gut and metabolism, things like that. So I try to wait until, you know, like either between like nine and 10 o'clock in the morning. I try to, but <clears throat> it doesn't always work. <laughs> but, um, so the, that's, that's the, the age old daddy Huberman, right? That's what yeah. he says. So I joke, have you have you seen the picture of him carrying the rock up the mountain? I have not, no. Holy shit. He is jacked. He's jacked and tattooed and he he posts this picture of him hiking with the rock and dude is fucking diesel. But that's beside the point. So Andrew Huberman says that upon waking, you should try to wait an hour before eating, you should try to wait an hour before having any sort of caffeine and that you should try to do your best to get your eyes on sun and skin on sun. That's what he says, whether it's cold or not. What he says is he says that you can mitigate crashes by waiting and delaying that caffeine intake up to an hour. And he says that because your neuroreceptors neuro are on and functioning and your circadian rhythm has been set, the caffeine is not as potent. Therefore, mm -hmm. the crash isn't as bad. Um, so to your point, I've played with that also and I've, I've had a pretty I've had pretty good success with that. Um and I think you pose a good question around timing, right? Is like, how are we going to use caffeine? And so the, the question, the, the first thing that you said that I think that really stands out to me is one is if you wake up in the morning and feel the need for caffeine, like we should be evaluating why we need caffeine first thing in the morning. Like, are we stuck? And this is what I see with a lot of my clients. They're stuck in a cycle yeah. of because they wake to caffeine and then they sustain caffeine for the remainder of the day that sustained use of caffeine fucks up their sleep. So they need caffeine ironically because they're drinking so much caffeine that they can't sleep well. Right. And so they find that they get these headaches. And a lot of times what we find with the headaches is the headaches are exhaustion. Yeah. Because now we have poor sleeping patterns. 
compounded on lack of energy and need for energy. And then next thing you, you know, I've taken away your drug that fulfills the need. Right. And so now the thing that drives epinephrine, right. Which drives go is gone. And so like, how do I find epinephrine? Right. The other thing is, is we find that like people also, though caffeine itself isn't uh, hydrating, we find that a lot of people's use of caffeine is in liquid. So we're finding that they become very dehydrated because they stop drinking the thing that gave them the caffeine and they're not filling the void with water. And so I find with a lot of people, they're getting headaches because they can't control the go and they're super dehydrated because they're no longer drinking five or six cups of coffee, which are also brewed with water, right? So for those of you out there who don't know, like coffee is like almost like 70% water. Right. So like a cup of coffee is very hydrating in it, in, in its effect. Um, so those are some two things I run into. Um, and I find that that compounding problem ends up being the problem, right? Cause seldom are people like I wake up and have one cup of coffee. <laughs> Except for Kai, of course, Mr. Like under control, but seldom is that's really seldom the experience for most people, right? Most people are having, significant amounts of coffee and because they're having significant amounts of it they're they're running into issues around it yeah and um you know you'll find that people also um you know one of my friends he will have like cold brew coffee which has expen- exponentially more caffeine than like a regular brewed coffee and then have a coffee later in the day and he's like oh i can go to sleep fine and it's like he can have the coffee and then go to sleep right afterwards, right? So it's like at that point, it becomes about tolerance, right? Like your body has been tolerating the amount of caffeine that you've been having, but go ahead. And what kind of sleep are you having? That's the other thing is just because I can fall asleep to caffeine mm-hmm. absolutely doesn't mean that I'm, I'm getting good sleep. This is like my clients that tell me that they smoke weed to go to bed, right? Like we know through all kinds of information that, yeah, it's a, it'll drive hard down regulation. It'll put you to sleep. But then you have a huge upswing in the middle of the night. So we find that like deep sleep is hugely problematic. And that's the issue with caffeine as well is people are going to bed because they're freaking exhausted because they've been living on epinephrine all day. And then all of a sudden they can't get into deep sleep and they can't figure out why they're not recovering. So then that, that leads me, because I, I don't know, I haven't drawn this conclusion. So you started talking, but would it be uh would it be okay to say that someone who's had you know years and years of caffeine and then they can still go to sleep afterwards that their sleep is now freeze rather than like a parasympathetic down regulation i mean i would that's exactly what it is when you you know i've i've looked at oh my god like i mean thousands of hours of sleep on whoop and not just my own, all my clients. And what I'll say is, um, though I know whoop isn't the most like pristine way to measure sleep, what I will tell you is, is that when you start using the questionnaire on whoop, yeah, right. So they have a questionnaire option where you can you can take a survey in the morning, and when you look at alcohol, when you look at caffeine use, when you look at weed use. When you look at late night carbohydrates and then you look directly at their, their HRV the next day 
and you look at their deep sleep, in almost all senses and all cases, they are negatively affected. And so to your point, if I'm asleep and I'm not recovering and I'm not getting into deep sleep, am I actually asleep? Right. Cause, it, cause the, the truth of the matter is you're not getting the biofeedback or the positive biofeedback that you would normally get when sleeping. So if I'm not getting the positive biofeedback in sleep and I'm just in this like light sleep with no cycling, right? Like we need to cycle yeah. through deep and REM. If we're not cycling through those processes, then we're not recovering. And so I've seen people where they have like nine, 10 hours of sleep with like an hour of deep sleep, you know, mm -hmm. and like that, that doesn't make sense when you look at the sleep cycle, right? If you look at the sleep cycle, I think it's for every like four hours of sleep, you should have an hour of deep or something along those lines. And so most people sleep eight hours and they'll get two hours of deep, right? Like that's theoretically where you should be. But what you're finding is that people aren't doing that. And then again, you go right back and you're like, did I have caffeine past 12? Yup. Did I smoke weed? Probably. Did I drink? Probably. Right. Like all these things are like there. So for me, when you start looking at those patterns, you start to see, okay, like we've got an issue here. Right. And so this is my struggle around this conversation with caffeine is, is in most cases, people are using caffeine as a crutch to keep up their table. Right. If our table has four walls or four legs to it. Right. If one of those legs is caffeine, we have a huge problem. Right. Like it, those legs can be sleep. They can be food. They can be water. They can be exercise. But if, if caffeine is the, the thing, right, that doesn't work. If you need caffeine to go to the gym, you should be evaluating what you're doing in the gym, right? Like, and so I think that's my struggle when I have this discussion with people. And so the, but the problem with this discussion is then it sounds like I'm going to vilify caffeine. And the irony of that is I think caffeine can be insanely useful if used correctly. But the problem is, is, People are one, immune to it, so they need a ton, right? And two, they don't know how to use it correctly. So now let's take a second. Unless you do you want to add to that? No. Um, I had a different thought, but go ahead. With what you're going to go say. with your different thought, because I'm going to go to the positives about caffeine here in a second. So um, as you know, I've gotten into like some of the supplement world and everything, and um, I had come across this. Um, a supplement that basically was caffeine without the crash, without the negatives, without, 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 without. Um, and it's called theocrine. And it's like a whole different molecule or whatever, maybe. I didn't really look into it that much, but um, very interesting to see something else that could, you know, almost like the, the sugar alternatives, right? It's like the body will think it's this, but it won't have these effects to it. So something that we can maybe talk about later on. Sure. Um, to that point, if we were to think about one of the main positives of caffeine is that it mobilizes fat, mm. right? And so in the, in the, fitness world you see it used heavily in like bodybuilding and things like that and so my really savvy people will ask me questions around that and i had to really like do kind of a double take on like does it mobilize fat right and so one of the things we start we talk cause and effect right 
cause and effect are usually directly like they're they're one a one b right like there's a cause and then there's an effect right i drink caffeine i feel an energy boost that energy boost feels good and i use it right then there's another piece of this which is a correlate right like something that happens as just a hap excuse me a happenstance so stay with me on this guys I've, I've sent a neuroinhibitor to my brain signaling that I'm not tired. So what I've told my brain is we're going to go to fight or flight, right? Let's, let's get to freaking work, right? And so my brain shoots the hormone epinephrine out, right? It says, go, right? But epinephrine is very short bursts, and it's not going to be something that's going to be direct correlation around energy, right? Epinephrine is just a signal for energy. So what the body does is it mobilizes fat and utilizes that fat to drive energy, right? So it starts pulling either ketones or glucose out so that you have energy, right? So caffeine doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to mobilize fat. So just drinking caffeine doesn't mean you're mobilizing fat. You have to finish the call to action. So if you drink caffeine to go sit at your desk, you're not mobilizing fat to sit at your desk. Right. So the call to action means there has to be action. So if you're going to use caffeine as a fat mobilizer, you have to use it as a pre-workout. And this is where I think caffeine is useful. And so what I'll say is a lot of my, especially NFL clients, I will have use caffeine and some sort of simple sugar together. I really like black tea. It's clean. It's easy. Um, there's typically not a lot of calorie, additional calories to it. So a lot of times there'll be black tea and honey or black tea and gummy bears. Those are my go-to for a lot of my athletes, but utilizing caffeine for someone who doesn't drink a ton of caffeine and then taking some sort of simple sugar, not only says now, Hey, let's go, but then it gives it something to go on. So if you think about it, like a starter for a car, if the caffeine is starting the engine, right? It needs fuel to go. We're giving it that fuel also. So what I'll tell you guys is I went sober on caffeine for a long time. I'm not currently nearly as sober as I should be. But in general, when I've done it in the past, when I have caffeine and honey together, I feel like I can run through walls. Like I feel like a superhero. And it's a really bizarre feeling because, I mean, it's just caffeine and honey, right? But what I'll say is it works really, really well when you add fuel for the fire. So caffeine is useful. Um, just a curiosity question here. Do you think that when you combine the caffeine with the simple sugar, that it, that then the uh, dump for ep epinephrine is like no longer useful? No, because the, the thing with epinephrine, right, it, it's again, it's a hormone to call to action, right? The problem with the problem with epinephrine is epinephrine in its own right isn't going to be like a there's no go to it, right? It's just a signal. So the problem is, is if I'm going to send a signal without the capacity for go, then we have a problem. And so I think that's the struggle. Now, here's here's where you can make some arguments, right? If you have somebody who is overweight and they have stored glucose, then giving them the extra glucose may not be necessary, right? So there may be caffeine is enough. 
It also is going to depend on, depend on what your workout looks like, right? If it's something that's really glycolytic, CrossFit, then it's all going to be forward-facing forward facing glycogen anyways, right? So if you give yourself glycogen, glucose, right? Give yourself sugar, and then you go work out, you're just using what you put into your mouth, right? Or you're depleting what's in your muscles because you haven't been able to mobilize into the fat cells. That's where like things like steady state cardio become really valuable, right? And you see right now, Gary Brecca like is really like driving this home right now. But he's talking a lot about like these like unhealthy environments that have gene mutations and all the things. And then they're going and doing high intensity training is problematic because it's it's a essentially a sick body trying to do something a healthy body only a healthy body should. And so his a lot of his clients is he he ha, he goes with the what's he call it his three thirties. It's within thirty minutes, get thirty grams of fat, and go f- and have thirty minutes of steady state cardio. So essentially, what he tells his clients that are overweight and sick is. Get your ass out of bed, eat some sort of fat, and then go for a walk. You see that? That's so weird. <laughs> We're on Zoom, guys. Zoom gave us a thumbs up. Um, <laughs> so Gary Brecka's idea is interesting, right? Yeah. Because what, what he's saying is, let's not even talk about caffeine. He's just saying, hey, let's mobilize, mobilize glucose, Right. And let's manage blood sugar early in the day so that it's sustainable, right? And so what he's telling a lot of his clients to do is like, don't lift weights, right? Not that he doesn't endorse it long-term, but don't lift weights. Let's get you into some sort of steady state nasal breathing cardio because your blood pressure is high, right? Your, I can't remember what he called it. But he, he talks about um, an amino acid in the blood, like your folic acid is high. I think it was, I think it was folic acid. You're saying about the folic acid levels were high in the blood. So we want to try to like limit all that stuff, bring all that stuff back down and then give yourself the opportunity to like do, do hard things, which is an interesting concept inherently. Like as somebody who's trained a lot of people, I'll say that, you know, a lot of my clients that came in to do CrossFit, it it didn't really serve them that well. Right. And to the to his point is they're not eating well so they're only using forward facing glycogen they're not using stored glycogen fat cells which is really what they should be doing right so and then he starts talking about fasting and other things along those lines he's he's on he has a podcast with joe rogan that was out recently everyone's talking about it it's worth listening to i don't agree with everything but some of it is useful but what i'll say is is that you know there's some interesting perspective on how to naturally make your body function correctly, right? Without in the absence of something like a caffeine, right? So, but then conversely, I also know people that use caffeine pills to lose yeah. weight. True. You know? Um, so I want to go back to like coffee and um, so like I, I always kind of go back to like, well, why do people do it the way that they've been doing it, right? So like, uh, one big epiphany of mine um, recently, well, maybe within the last year was like, you know, Japanese people will use sushi rice when they mm-hmm. have, um, you know, certain dishes or whatever. And they So they use rice vinegar and come to find out rice vinegar combined with the rice lowers the glycemic index. Yeah. 
which is like, wow, like they did something to, you know, not cause a sugar spike without knowing that it's not going to cause a sugar spike. Right. So two, two additional points of that is after they cook the rice, they, they typically refrigerate it and then reuse it, which also turns it into a simple starch, which makes it easier to adjust. And then also one of the other things that they do with it is, especially in Japan, you don't have genetically modified crops that are bleached, right. That are covered in pesticides. Right. So that's the other thing with, with Japanese rice. So what you're talking about now is you're talking about a cleaner fuel source that's been made into uh, easy to digest starch that's been mobilized utilizing vinegar, right? So like when you take those three things into consideration and then you look at the population in Japan and you're like, oh shit, they're all like super healthy and all they eat is rice. You realize that it's not the same carb source that we're using. Yeah, But, but just using that as an example. So like when I looked at coffee, right? the you know like i don't really remember where it originated but like italians drink a lot of coffee right and they yeah. use a and so it's like super high pressure water coming out and they they only have like what is it like two or four ounces of yeah that, that coffee ground that comes to that <laughs> and you know like now we see starbucks with venti and you know 20 ounce cups of coffee or 16 ounce cups of coffee and um, so it, it really got me thinking about that. And, you know, like I always used to um, drink my coffee black, right? Because I thought, okay, I get it from the pure source, just drink it like that. But then you look at like Americanos and you look at cappuccinos and you look at all these different ways that the Italians use the, 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 the espresso and they use milk, which is fat and a little bit of the sugar, right? And so to your point of using simple sugars or using... Um, a different uh, fuel source to then help you go. Um, um, and, and so I was also thinking about like, oh man, how long ago was this? Maybe like seven years ago, I got really into bulletproof coffee. And so using fat along with caffeine, um, you know, from what I was told, I don't know if it still holds truth today, but having the medium chain triglycerides, so like uh, coconut oil or uh, ghee, <clears throat> that actually allows that down regulation or inhibit, in, inhibition of the tiredness uh, last longer throughout the day. So it's like a slow release versus like instant. Like you're not going to feel tired and you, you know, kind of go through the throughout the day. So... Let's take what we know to be true at this point around mac- macronutrients, right? So what we know about low and high glycemic carb, if we, were to, if we were to take energy sources, right? We've got low glycemic, high glycemic, and then we have fats, right? If we were to just run them in order in terms of which one is most readily available to the muscle and which one is the least readily available, Right. One of them is a fast release. One of them is a slow release. One of them is a medium release, right? So if we were to take that into consideration, that's the whole point of stabilizing that, that, that buzz, if you will, right? So if I take my coffee with sugar, it's a simple, quick, low glycemic carb. Guess what? It's going to mean your blood really freaking fast. That caffeine is going to hit harder. 
because it's going to have that epinephrine is going to hit and it's going to have something to hit off of, right? Okay, so now let's say instead of using sugar, let's say we use, we have, I don't drink coffee. So let's say we have coffee with like a bagel, right? Bagel presumably is going to be a lower glycemic carb because it's a lower glycemic carb that'll slow that duration. Maybe that bagel has cream cheese on it. So now we've added some fat and it's slowed it even more. Now going to your point on bulletproof coffee, the least readily available, the slowest burning, the, the slowest facilitating energy source out there is going to be ketones, which is why marathon runners love ketogenic diets, right? Because it gives them long sustained energy sources for their training protocols, right? So if you were to take bulletproof coffee and you take these medium chain triglycerides, right? MC2 oil, uh, coconut oil, ghee, Kerrygold butter or whatever, and then you were to put them in with a coffee, what do we already know logically is going to happen? Right? Like that shouldn't, this shouldn't be a surprise. It's funny because like the dietitians of the world are like, <gasps> but like when you, if you just take five seconds, like what we know to be true about nutrition stands stands forefront right like it, we know that fat is going to be slower done like the conversation's over right so it's interesting to me <clears throat> you make a great point but it's funny to me that people are so surprised by this stuff like when bulletproof coffee came out I, you would have thought the world like topped over on its head and the irony of it the, the freaking irony of it was the people that held the hardest to it were crossfitters which were doing heavily glycolytic workouts that didn't even need this the 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 slow burn because most of their workouts were sub 10 minutes yeah so the now granted the, the people who hold tight to that were like competitive crossfitters who did like seven workouts a day and all that bullshit but it's just ironic to me when you like when you know that's true because yeah. it's funny it's just funny the way the world works kind of cracks me up yeah yeah i mean um i think uh so when when it first came out dave asprey was like the big guy that was doing it and then um i saw like a, a interview with paul check and paul check was like yeah i've been using that for ages and it was like an irish thing they would put put a stick of butter in their coffee and drink it there but i mean you know they have extremely cold weather there so that was probably mostly why yeah absolutely increase their fat content and everything um, yeah but yeah i mean i think just that that concept alone that you kind of laid out the high glycemic versus low glycemic to fat would help somebody understand like okay if you're gonna go do crossfit or you're gonna go do something like high high intense high intensity or something that's gonna be what would you say like below 20 minutes below 10 minutes um, yeah so like when you look at i mean okay glycolytic phosphogenic oxidative right this is like vo2 101 so glycolytic is short I think, right? Yeah. Am I doing it right? Yeah. Glycolytic is going to be the shortest period. Typically, it's within, it's like under three minutes. Phosphogenic is going to be like under 10 or 12. And then anything over 10 or 12 is going to get into the oxidative state, right? And so if you, if you just take that into consideration, and, and if anything, if you just don't take the nerd out of it and just take times, 
if I'm sub five in a sprint, it's it's really glycogen facing, right? If I'm in the mid level, it's gonna be that it's gonna be the mid level, right? And then if it's higher, then it's so like a bodybuilding workout is typically like my heart rate goes to 160 and then it comes back down. It goes 160 and it comes back down, 160 comes back down, right? And it ends up being like a zone two type training protocol, right? Well, if it's zone two, then you're going to be in an oxidative phase, which is like fat's going to be your answer, right? If you're going to go do CrossFit and your CrossFit workout is sub 10 minutes, right? And when I say workout, like I know we do strength and mobility, but the hard part, then you're probably going to be really forward facing with your glycogen. You want to go hard. Um, It's funny. I had done a workout last Saturday. It was a team workout that was just, it was a slog. It was like 30 minutes of just, chaos and um the 30 minutes of chaos i got to the 20 minute marker and i felt like my body shutting off i just was like ah shit and what happened was i ran out of glycogen and what happened was that i i was forward facing in my in my glycogen in the morning i didn't eat fats i had carbs and those carbs ran out and then after that it was like well (laughs) here we go survive right um, and I couldn't mobilize fat quick enough to like solve my problem. So basically what happened was I went too hard, too fast with, with not enough left in my tank. So my solvency for that probably would have been less low glycemic carbs and then manage my energy output early. Right. What I did was I went phosphogenic when I should have went oxidative in terms of tempo. Right. And I fucked myself up. So, um, I mean, this stuff is, this is all like real nerd stuff, right? This is all beyond caffeine. Um, Go ahead. I was just going to say, so like for somebody who is wondering like, well, what do I do with this information? What do I do with, you know, caffeine and everything? Like if you do still drink caffeine, probably cut it down as much as you can. Right. Um, But also like what you put with that caffeine, like let's just call it coffee. Um, If you're going to go do a workout, you know, let's say you're going to go for a jog, maybe a little bit lower glycemic index, right? Or even just with the fat. Um, if you're going to go to work, probably more so with the fat, right? Right. Um, Bulletproof coffee. Bulletproof coffee is phenomenal. At, and, you know, like the fat is supposed to be feel for your brain. So you have a little bit more focus. That was like the whole reason behind the, the Bulletproof to kind of optimize cognitive function. Um, but if you're going to go do a workout, and you're going to go hard and you're going to go fast, probably add the simple sugars just like your athletes do, right? So I think that that, um, that concept alone kind of, I think, would help people understand how to utilize the coffee or uh, coffee to caffeine, uh, whatever source you're getting it from. And that way um, you can kind of like plug and play, right? Like, okay, what am I doing today? And then, then that just goes to... Um, the whole Julian's protocol, right? Like utilizing the nervous system and how it interacts with our, our nutrition. And so carbs and things that make you go, go and do something, the call to action, go and do something. Don't have the coffee and then have the sugar and don't do anything because that's not a good thing. It's not going to do anything. (laughs) Um, I think the other, the other stipulation I would put on this is I'd be really cautious as to when you're taking the, your caffeine, right? I think I would really try to avoid having caffeine after like 12 o'clock. 
I think as just like a safe rule, um, there's a lot of debate on how long caffeine stays in your system. I've heard as low as six hours. I've heard as long as 10. Um, also understand that decaf products have caffeine in them. Yeah. They do their best to take the caffeine out, but it's not taken out. So decaf coffee before bed is not a solution to your problem. So you've got to be really cautious about when you're having your caffeine, how much caffeine you're having. So the other thing to consider with this is sodas, guys. Like caffeine oh, yeah. is in sodas as well, right? So I see a lot of people that have sodas late and then they're shocked when they can't sleep for shit, right? Um, that same, that same, you know, when you're thinking about your kids, the same conversation should be had about your kids as well, right? It's like be really conscious and understand that, like, we're talking about microdoses for these little bodies. So, like, you know, I've done my best to keep my kids from having any sort of um, sodas. It's kind of tough when they get into the world, but one of my daughters has recently realized that she really enjoys Coke, right? And it's like, fuck, oh, well. Boy. Great, right? So, um, you know, we've had discussions about, hey, it's a treat. It's something you got to be careful about. It's got all the things, right? Um, and then uh, we've also had discussions about, hey, you're going to drink this and then you're going to feel a certain way, right? And yeah. so you better be prepared for that feel, right? And so I, I've just tried to do my best to educate around what those feels are going to be. But like we were at, um, it was like they had a school event and they had a bunch of bounce houses set up. And it was just kids running. It was it was utter chaos. It was like a fall festival. It's actually kind of cool. But and uh, I got there and she had a coke in her hand. Oh god! And I was I looked at her and I said, "This is a good time to do this. <laughs> Go ahead." And so she yeah. drank this little mini can of coke and then she went and she ran for like five and a half hours. Um, you know, it's fine, right? If yeah. you're if she's gonna have coke every now and then, that's like a appropriate time to have coke. But it's just be cautious and conscious and understand what has caffeine in it because it's more stuff than you would think it is. You'll be surprised how much stuff has caffeine in them. Um, energy drinks, like we sell fit aid at the gym. Some fit aid has caffeine. Some fit aid doesn't have caffeine. Um, kill cliffs, right? Another like gym drink. Some have caffeine, some don't have caffeine. So like, you've got to be really conscious. Like, and I will say fit aid does a great job of like, it says like right on the can, like, 200 milligrams of caffeine like it's like it's in big bold writing like this yeah. is an energy drink just understand what you're drinking right um yeah. whereas like fit aid has recovery drinks that have like creatine and b12 in it right they don't have any caffeine so just understand like be conscious about what has caffeine in it look it up and then you know if there's any debate on whether or not caffeine is good or bad for you like it's just like everything else it, it kind of depends right it's how are you going to use it um if you can manage your expectations with caffeine and manage the way you use caffeine, it can be really powerful and really useful. I, in a perfect world, perfect world right now, I'm drinking more caffeine than I'd like, but um, in a perfect world, I would use caffeine in the days that I need caffeine, yeah. right? My pre-workout is always honey, but sometimes I'm like, mm, I know I need to work out, but I don't want to. Caffeine is useful then for me. Um, that's when I know that I'm using caffeine at its finest point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Kai, you got anything else? No, I don't. Wish I had a joke, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Guys, thank you as always for listening. Um, 
we've brainstormed some good ideas for the next the coming week. So we are really excited to have newer and fresher topics that don't feel like the stuff from the last 105 episodes. Um, but as always, if you have comments, questions, concerns, uh, for those of you that know me directly, text message me. For those of you that don't, DM me. And uh, we love feedback. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. All right. okay. um, Take care.